Greetings and salutations. Love the tune, Free Weed, from Winstrong and DJ Jacques. Check them out on SoundCloud. We really appreciate them hooking us up with the tunes. And you are you are here and you are listening to Free Weed, episode number 47. Is that right, Mike? That is right. You are yes. not here, but you are listening to Free Weed 47, and we have a great show for you today. Yeah, absolutely. We're really we're having fun doing these weekly shows. We hope you guys support it. Definitely spread the love. Um, share the show with your friends. And uh, yeah, what, we're going to be talking with uh, our friend Abdullah T-Kid from uh, Vice Magazine. He writes the Weedy Kit column. And we have a huge cultivation section. We really kind of went big. We have Strain of the Fortnite. Strain and, of the uh, Fortnite. we're doing for the first time Fill in the Blank, where fill Dan answers some grow questions that way. And of course, our listener grow questions answered by Dan. They include pH and lighting and a whole bunch more. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking a ton of... Uh, cultivation information uh, also what countries people have been listening to the show uh just a bunch of a cornucopia uh, a virtual harvest of information here in episode number 47 so please stick around and we will be right back hi this is chem dog and you're listening to free weed from danny danko all right. Well, well, what do we got going on right now, Mike? Uh, we have quite a bit going on. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, I'm Mike Hughes. That is Danny Danko. And uh, we have a great show for you today. So to start, um, well, the biggest thing on our calendar right now is the Cannabis Cup. Yeah. I'm to... leaving tomorrow. Yeah. And, well, uh, actually, it would be yesterday. I'm leaving yesterday. People hear this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. The 26th annual Cannabis Cup. I mean, who would think that... Something that started off as just a few people in a hotel room is now uh, such a monumental event going into its 26th annual year. Yeah, people keep coming back, and it's great. It's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, unless you're us, and then it's a multiple-times-in-a-lifetime experience, but something that everyone should check out. It's a really good time. And is that promo code that you have still uh, valid? Still valid. Uh, D-A-N-K-O gets you 10% off your tickets. I'm excited about the seminars. There's a ton of different grow seminars, a lot of hash seminars, which I'm excited about. Mila, uh, Doug from Hitman Glass, and Nick T, who've been on the show all talking about uh, dry sieve and, and all different ways of extracting hash, not just butane, not just ice water, but there are so many different things going on and, and innovations in the world of hash. So I'm excited to, to talk about that. And we're doing a free weed podcast over there on Monday at 1.30, November 25th. So we'll be doing that right after that. Uh, legend Robert Connell Clark will present Cannabis Evolution and Ethnobotany. So I don't know. It's just a ton. Soma... Rare Dankness is doing a movie with uh, with uh, the River Rock folks and all about the, the history of River Rock and Rare Dankness. Bernard Bruning is doing a seminar, Cali Connection, Bubble Man. We just got a ton of stuff going on, so we're excited about that. And the musical guests at night are, are pretty awesome, too. The Whalers, LP and Killer Mike, um, Cameron, and Cameron, yeah, yeah. Smith and & Wesson, mm-hmm. and uh, 
um, some some interesting artists. For f- the first night, uh, actually Sunday night, in the small hall at Milkweg is some uh, some British DJs and stuff that I might want to check out and just see what they got going on. Some EDM, as yeah. they say. Well, the there kids. there are two rooms at the Milkweg that we're in. There's a big the big hall and right. then the small hall. I don't know that we have the big hall on Sunday though. I we think. do not. Right. Yeah. So just the small one. But but it's so close to our hotel. I think I'll stop by and see what, what what's cooking with the uh, the youngsters. Absolutely. And that uh, that free weed that we're doing, we will, of course, if you can't make it to Amsterdam, uh, we will be bringing you that free weed by a podcast yes. eventually. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. And uh, so that's Amsterdam. Join us over there. It'll be a good time. The other big thing I wanted to talk about, uh, you may not know this, but High Times has a fantasy football league. <laughs> and in that fantasy football league, if you can believe it... Uh, Two of the top three teams are talking into mics at this moment. You know, that's it's, true. It's, it's, I'm two. I have clinched. Three, yeah, I clinched a playoff spot last week, which is week amazing because yeah. you're not maybe the biggest football fan. I don't know much about the sport, but you're doing well. <laughs> you're, whatever you're doing, you're, it's working. Yeah, so that's exciting. But I only bring that up first of all the gloat that I've clinched and I'm number two. Um, but also as a segue to talk about a couple of high-profile uh, football players that have been busted with weed lately. Sports on drugs. This is Dan's idea for a show, Sports on Drugs. <laughs> and so let's try it out. Dan, what do you think about this? Uh, Chiefs wide receiver Dwayne Bow uh, was busted. There were three different containers found in his car and added up to about 14 uh, and a half grams of weed. Yeah. Uh, what do I think about it? I Well, what do you think about him playing uh, that weekend despite uh, the arrest? Well, he certainly should be playing. I, I, I mean, the way I see it, we, we should not be testing grown men who play a game for us to... Well, just to clarify, he was not tested. <laughs> uh, he was pulled over in his car and, uh, and police discovered three separate containers, uh, six and a half grams of Bubba Kush, 3.8 grams of Fire point, uh, 0.6, and uh, 4.2 grams, <clears throat> excuse me, of Apollo 11. Oh, it sounds to me like he knows his weed. He knows his weed. <laughs> and, that, and the latter uh, was actually labeled m- m- medical marijuana from California. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but he's in obviously. Okay, well, it's not legal in Missouri. And, uh, you know, that's a shame. And we've got people working on that to try to change that. I just think, you know, these are grown men who can take all manner of, psych- you know, psychoactive uh, pills and things for their pain. And yet they can't smoke marijuana. It just seems very strange. And anyone who I've met who has played professional sports and met a few people from the NFL, including, uh, you know, some some people who won Super Bowls, and they all say that, you know, a lot of the players use marijuana. And those are the smarter players because it's the ones that are boozing it up and taking all the pills that end up uh, not really having a long-lasting career for whatever reason. So, With the exception of Brett Favre, who is a notorious boozer and pill popper <laughs> and also had the Ironman streak at quarterback. So yeah, hard, I mean, to, hard to say. I just think, you know, we're paying these guys millions of dollars to entertain us with their, you know, concussions and their collisions and stuff. And I just, you know, it just seems strange. You know, I, I feel the same way about MMA. These guys are punching each other in the face and kicking each other as hard as they can. And yet they're not allowed to smoke pot like i don't it know it is bizarre <laughs> it's yeah. bizarre to me the fact that we test them for pot is just ridiculous i mean i, I honestly i think they should be allowed to take anything they want uh including steroids, steroids. yeah, yeah okay. including steroids i mean they're grown men and they can make decisions about their own bodies so you're and not a purist you don't care that the barry no, bonds not uh, at all did, okay. not at all i mean i think honestly you know i like uh, my colleague craig what he says i think if they just wear whatever drug they take 
uh, listed, you know, as part of their stats. So, you know, right. you could so follow. you could sort the input right. and users. Could, and right, and <laughs> I could see all the guys who smoke weed and I could pick them for my fantasy team. And, and <laughs> yeah, like exactly. You could just know, you know, like the guy would be wearing on his uniform, you know, like Oxycontin, uh, you know, human growth hormone and things. And if you were into that sort of thing, you could, you you could root, root for him. Guy, yeah. And if a guy said, you know, <laughs> marijuana, psychedelic mushrooms, occasional, you know, well, LSD, LSD, little Doc and, Ellis kind yeah, of style. Yeah, maybe Somali. Let's jump back to that Dwayne Bowe story, though. My, my favorite part of that story is that apparently Dwayne Bowe asked the arresting officer if the Sonic was still open at that time. Wow. He was arrested uh, in the middle of the night. So apparently had the munchies there and didn't mind asking the cop. And uh, Bowe was not the only football player that was gone with weed. Um, I don't know if you follow the Falcons, but they have uh, three running backs, Steven Jackson, Jaquiz Rogers, and then, of course, Jason Snelling. Jason Snelling was arrested. Uh, he was pulled over, and cops saw him continually swallowing while they were trying to talk to him. So they asked him to open his mouth. He was eating the weed as, you know, trying to get rid of the evidence. And then so he was busted uh, less than an ounce and um, rejoined the team on Monday. What do you think about this one? Trying to eat the weed. Does that, hey does that ever work? When you're I mean, getting pulled over. Yeah, we don't hear about the times that it does fair, work. Fair. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, you often, uh, if you're watching cops or something, you always see them prying someone's mouth open and pulling baggies out. And I mean, I think it's, you know, kind of a last resort at that point where you're just really need to lose the evidence as quick as possible but a lot of people don't know how to act in these traffic stops if your car is not smelling of weed Mm -hmm. and you're not visually impaired there's really no reason to submit to any sort of uh, search or or any kind of thing you know just ask if you're under arrest um, or being detained and move on i mean this is one of the biggest things that gets people busted and 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 arrested and, and harassed is that they actually give up their own rights in these stops to privacy you know i mean if there's no suspicion and no uh probable cause of any kind just drive away you know i mean get well, permission don't, yeah. don't, don't <laughs> exactly. yeah. you know don't drive away but right. but don't give them permission to search you i mean that only makes it easier for them to make their case and that means no matter what they say like oh it'll be easier for you it'll be this it'll be that they're trained to tell you things that will get you to make their job easier so don't do it don't make their job easier now couldn't couldn't agree more with you there uh, in this case uh, apparently the officer detected a strong aroma of pot as he approached the car and then he saw snelling trying to eat the weed in Snelling's defense, he's taking a lot of heat for this. He's being put in this position where he has to destroy this evidence because pot is illegal and he's a high-profile person and he doesn't want to get busted with it. Was it the smartest thing to do? No. Would you like to have seen him just own it and say, yeah, I'm smoking? Yes, but I understand. Panic. What are you going to do? Yeah, you know, and eventually, you know, we're, we're starting to get into a, an area where, you know, wh- wh- what are the gray areas here? I mean, if you're, if you're a guy who plays for the Denver Broncos and you have recreational marijuana being sold right outside the stadium are you not allowed to 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 partake because you're a professional athlete i mean well yeah you're not you know they have their own rules right well their rules are silly Mm -hmm. and you know really kind of the the mind wobbles you know when you think about these are grown men making millions of dollars to entertain us with a sport a game that they play you know and then we take it so seriously that we want to have them pee in a cup and make sure what's in their body. I, I, yeah, I just don't get it. And I think, uh, you know, honestly, they should just be allowed to do what they want. They're grown folks. Uh, they know the hazards of steroids. They know what 
you know, that's going to eventually do to their bodies. And they're willing to make that, you know, gamble for those millions of dollars. And so as grown folks, I feel like they, you know, just like, you know, women have a right to choose about their bodies and, and all these other sort of rights that we have. I think they have a right not to be piss tested or blood tested just because of their job. You know, now if they were pilots or bus drivers, it's a different story. If they're taking other people's lives into their hands, you know, maybe you don't want them, you know, impaired on, you know, some kind of uh, crazy drug, you know, which I would not even include marijuana in that. But still, that's a good question. So you're getting on a plane uh, yesterday, (laughs) tomorrow, yesterday when you hear this. Uh, What if your pilot was really, really stoned? Would you be okay with that? Uh, You know. If, if he's an everyday smoker and he got high before the flight, it's not going to bother me. If this is a guy who never smokes weed and now he suddenly chose the moment before he pilots a 747. Uh, that would be a really strange impairment, decision. You know, impairment is where, you know, where I draw the line. Fair if enough. you are impaired and, you know, that's easily measured based on, you know, different eye tests and, and you know, basic uh, observations. So, you know, a lot of times pilots get caught because... They've been drinking and they're visibly impaired and people report report them and they don't fly the plane. So mm-hmm. uh, I just think that, you know, we, we, we start to get these nanogram limits and these uh, alcohol amounts and things. We're, we, what we're really afraid of is people being messed up and impaired and not, you know, uh, physically capable of accomplishing a very difficult task that's got other people, uh, you know, on the line. So yeah, he's got lives in his hands and so on. We do not, so we could get as high as we please, and we and do, we will. Uh, <laughs> so okay, I guess that was for the most part our first installment of sports, sports on, drugs. on drugs. Very exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, we got a news show, we got a music show, we got a grow show. We should have a sports show and take tackle it from the stoner perspective. You know, I I watch sports. I get high and watch sports. The people playing the sports get high and play sports. There's there's a lot to discuss. The Huey Lewis album sports, big favorite <laughs> of mine. All of that is great. Okay, so that was that. And this, uh, you sat down with uh, a gentleman uh, from Vice magazine, right? Yeah, well, I've been checking out his column uh, called Weed Etiquette on Vice. It's like the weed, uh, He, you know, he kind of covers the weed angle for vice.com, um, which, you know, uh, is a great site that uh, really does report a lot of news now at this point. I'm amazed that I'm getting... Uh, hard-hitting news from something like Vice, but it, it's true. And he has a column there called Weedicate. He's working with Karma Loop, uh, the clothing distributor on their site, which is, I believe, guru.karmaloop.com. And uh, he's a fellow New Yorker here, a big weed uh, aficionado. And he's got really funny stories on that column. And he's coming over to Cannabis Cup with us to judge some of the strains. And, and he's going to re- be reporting on that as well. So we got to chat with him briefly. And here's a bit of that. All right, and we are back, and we're talking to T-Kid. He is the uh, blogger at Vice that writes the Weedicket column every Sunday uh, at Vice.com or ViceMagazine.com. Uh, Vice.com. Vice.com. Uh, a very interesting uh, take on marijuana, and so welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. It's really good to be here. Right on. And you're, you're also working with Karma Loop. Uh, yeah, uh, and their website as far as content providing for them. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm the editor in chief for the front end media site for Karma Loop, which is called Guru. It's mm-hmm. at guru.karmaloop.com, uh, and basically it's you know music style 
um, video. Uh, you know, we have an in-house production team that does like ill music videos, and we make beats in-house and graphics and stuff. And yeah, that's my day to day. Right on, excellent. And uh, you're actually coming with us to the Cannabis Cup this year, huh? Yeah, oh. that's right. Myself and uh, my boy Tuan and my boy Richie are gonna come down to Amsterdam and yeah, and hopefully attempt to document some of the madness and like you know show it to show it to people in high five <laughs> right on well we're excited we got some interesting musical acts performing uh lp and killer mike doing yeah. run the jewels um the whalers uh cameron some some pretty intense uh smith and wesson i believe is yeah. performing so we're I'm excited to chat with some of those guys as well yeah and also some of the uh the seed people and the breeders and the coffee shop people i would yeah. imagine yeah yeah basically anyone who can encapsulate the culture of Amsterdam a little bit. I think it's now's the time that a lot of people in the U.S., maybe more people are, are actually interested in what a place with legal cannabis kind of looks like. Um, and, you know, we want to bring it to people in sort of a simple way. Maybe it used to be a more of an esoteric sort of thing. It was like a special interest. But, you know, for the average person, you know, we kind of want to document it for them. Cool, cool. Well, uh, tell uh, our audience, maybe, maybe if they're not familiar with Weedikit, what do you, what do you do on sort of a weekly basis with uh, Vice.com? Yeah, so um, for about a year, just over a year now, every Sunday I've written a piece, uh, a, an article that runs in. Essentially, it's a story from my life that in some way um, involves cannabis, whether it's very directly or just kind of indirectly as a background thing. Um, you know, I've, I've been smoking for a long time and, you know, I don't really like uh, too many other intoxicants too much. So it just so happens that when funny stuff happens to me, you know, cannabis you're, is involved. You happen to be stoned. <laughs> I happen to be stoned <laughs> when it goes down. So essentially what it started as, and this, is, this kind of explains the name of the column, which doesn't really apply to the subject matter of it at all, which is weed etiquette, weed etiquette, is we started out uh, as a Sunday column trying to just you know be like oh i hate it when people like burn the whole bowl when they're smoking or i hate when people don't pass to the left they're like silly shit but we didn't realize that we would run out of stuff really fast right <laughs> yeah. so um yeah and i mean essentially i, I write every piece for weedikit and the show is hosted by uh krishna who's the editor of, of the column and what it what it turned into after like one thanksgiving i wrote a story from a couple previous thanksgivings ago uh, where I got my aunt really stoned and she wigged out and my mom thought she was having like a heart attack and she called like 911 and an ambulance came and the cops came and I was really stoned and I was in there and I was freaking out and people loved the story so after that I was like oh I got a million of these like right. you know if you guys like that um, you know it's a lot easier for me to put those stories down than it is to come up with weird etiquette things you know nice. which people disagree on from coast to coast it was of a whole course. thing so <laughs> but yeah that's basically the the crux of it it's just stories from my life cool cool well right on uh definitely check out the weed kit column every sunday at vice.com check out karmaloop.com they got all the fly streetwear and every that's exactly what we have a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, incredible clothing on there all your favorites uh, zoo york and adidas and you know huff which we did a high times yes. huff collaboration weed and socks weed, the weed socks, socks and yeah all that <laughs> stuff is there as well as the content which is available at guru.karmaloop.com guru.karmaloop.com so we will see you in amsterdam yes. and thank you to t-kid check out vice.com Weedikit column and uh, we're out. 
All right. Well, thanks to Abdullah for that. And uh, yeah, if you haven't figured out yet, you know, after 47 episodes, our theme here is sort of growing your own. And that's the idea behind free weed. We don't actually hand you free pot, but we try to give you the resources by which to produce it. And one of the ways to do that is bcnorthernlights.com. These guys make grow boxes, turnkey grow boxes. You buy them, they arrive, they're on wheels, you wheel them in, you plug them in, you set them where you want them, and you grow. And it's basically that simple. They have hydroponic systems inside. There's a bunch of different models um, from a small one called the Roommate to the Big Producer. Uh, there's the Bloom Box if you want to do perpetual growing. Uh, they have drying machines. They have all kinds of interesting stuff at BC Northern Lights. They make all this stuff themselves. They've been doing it since 2001. So please support them. They support us. Uh, they're a great company. And they are at bcnorthernlights.com. You can call them toll-free seven days a week for incredible customer service at 888-236-1266. So, yeah, BC Northern Lights, thanks for the support. Support our sponsors. And, uh, yeah, what is this, the cultivation section? This is the cultivation section, and uh, we're happy to bring you once again Strain of the Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. (laughs) Even though we're weekly, we're doing Strain of the Fortnite still. We just like Fortnite, I think. Well, what the do we strain, got? This, uh, since we're off to the Cannabis Cup, I'm going to talk about last year's winner, which was the Flower Bomb Kush. This was from uh, Strain Hunter's Seed Bank, although we could basically say as well that it was Greenhouse Seeds. And uh, yeah, Flower Bomb Kush really, uh, you know, everybody loved it last year. It's green crack crossed with OG Kush. Uh, and it was feminized. So for all the people who talk about, you know, oh, feminized this and feminized this, bad for the gene pool, here's a feminized strain that won the Cannabis Cup overall, a 70% indica, 30% sativa, uh, not a huge yielder, uh, as many cushes tend to be. I mean, if you're going to cross green crack and OG kush, you're not getting a, uh, you know, dense, thick <laughs> bud growth, but you will have incredible smoke, uh, really sort of earthy, uh, fruity, sweet, cushy, um, all kinds of hints. Very complex flavor from the Flower Bomb Kush, particularly when it's grown in a soil mix uh, organic, organically. Uh, comes on fast, not, uh, not any kind of creeper. It hits you right off the first couple of hits that you take, but it lasts long, which is really good, um, particularly if you're taking it for um, medicinal purposes. Um, relaxing on the body. Uh, as most cushions tend to be. So it's not the, you know, completely cerebral thing that you're going to get from a a sativa, but it's got that as well. It's it's fairly complex. Um, And like I said, it won the cup uh, basically by sheer will. I mean, people smoked it. People did vape bags of it. Um, They just, you know, they grew to love it. And like I said, even though it's not a heavy producer and it grows kind of stretchy like most cushions do, uh, the leaves are somewhat thick, you know, it's got that indica thing, dark green leaves, almost black leaves in some cases, and not a heavy feeder, uh, not too much of a light feeder. Basically, you know, you just give it about uh, medium, uh, medium feedings and yeah, you'll be rewarded with the wonderful strain, the flower bomb kush. Uh, you can check them out at greenhouseseeds.nl. Uh, we will see what they enter this year. And, uh, of course, there's always Barney's and Gray Area and Green Place and also places like The Noon and uh, other shops that, you know, just 
might show up with the fire. You know, it happens almost every year. There's someone who, who surprises us with some kind of amazing strain. So check out Flower Bomb Kush, Green Crack Crossed with the OG, last year's winner at greenhouseseeds.nl. And you got to hand it to Ariana, not to take anything away from their genetics, but he is a marketing genius. I mean, Flower Bomb Kush, great name. <laughs> Like that's yeah. a great name. People love Yeah, Kush. and a lot, you know, people also, you know, talk a lot of shit sometimes about uh about him and and the company, but you can't argue with most cannabis cups ever. And uh, you know, oh, and yeah. that's not just in the popularity contest which is, you know, the cannabis cup that everybody votes on. He's won seed company awards as well that are judged by a panel of experts. So, uh, you know, you can complain all you want, but uh the strains are are amazing. What it, what he sells in those packs is what he says it is, and it will grow the way they say it will. So, uh, I, you know, I got to hand it to them. And, and yeah, tip of the cap to Ariane and Greenhouse and Franco and all those guys there. We're we're gearing up to go visit them in their backyard. So that's exciting. Uh, so that was the strain of the fortnight. What do you say we play a little game here? Let's do it. Let's do a little fill in the blank. I'm gonna ask you five questions. Uh, well, not really questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna say five sentences, and you are going to fill in the blank. Ready? All right. All right. A three-day flush for a soil-grown crop is blank. Inadequate. Uh, three days is just not gonna get all of the things out that you want. And you know, some people might try to overcompensate by giving them a more more water, thinking that it will you know help leach things out. But the the key is that you're watering basically around the same. Um, times that you would normally water you're just using plain water and more of it so you really want to go i would say minimum seven days in soil ideally you know 10 to 14 days and the key to that is knowing when you're going to harvest and that means thinking ahead and planning ahead and really knowing okay two weeks from now i harvest let's start the flush and don't let the harvest sneak up on you and have to just do a two or three day flush because it's, it won't be adequate, and the buds won't burn properly and won't taste properly. So um, definitely give, give at least seven days for your flush in soil. All right. Inadequate. Question two. The legalization. We get this one a lot. The legalization of recreational marijuana is blank for medical pot patients. Great for medical pot patients, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, there's some stumbling blocks, and, uh, you know, there's places where uh, medical patients are allowed to grow their own and uh, recreational laws are coming in that are altering that. Now, the key to that is making sure that those patients still are allowed to grow their own. And I think recreational patients should also be allowed to grow their own. So growing your own shouldn't be a thing that's only medical or only rec. And all these laws are flawed, every one of them. 502 in Washington, uh, you know, Prop 19 in California, uh, what was it in uh, in Colorado? Yeah, uh, 522? Oh, 64. Yeah, yeah. They all have, you know, their flaws. Nothing, there's no law that's perfect. The perfect law is grow as much as you want, smoke as much as you want, and uh, produce it all day. And that's the perfect law. We're not going to get to that point without uh, stepping stones. And I know some of the stepping stones are harsh on people, but I do not like when... Uh, medical patients in places where medical has passed are opposed to recreational laws because look you you're w these are stepping stones medical is getting the wounded off the battlefield the war goes on and we want to legalize marijuana not just for medical purposes but for all purposes and uh, 
It's sort of the, the snake eating its own tail there, right? We're, we're kind of cannibalizing yeah, our own movement. You know, and, and the people who are saying, oh, well, I got mine, so forget everybody else. And we can't do that. We can't forget mm. the recreational patients. We can't forget the POWs, <laughs> the prisoners of the war on pot that are still locked up for nonviolent offenses. We, you know, we can't forget the war goes on. And just because you have your medical doesn't mean you're all set and everyone else can go to hell. We all work together to get these laws changed. And if there's a law, a rec law that infringes upon a medical <laughs> law, speak up about it and make it make a change. But we don't want infighting. We don't want people making accusations back and forth that these people want this and those people did that. And everyone is working towards the same goal. Uh, unless all you want is medical, in which case you're not working towards the same goal as me <laughs> and everybody else that I know. So Dango's fired up on this one, but we got to move on. Let's uh, do it. Okay, the third one. Buds turning brown are blank. Molding, most likely, probably, uh, unless there's webbing, which may, might show you that there's a uh, pest problem. If buds are turning brown, you have a serious problem. You have bud rot, and you need to deal with it immediately, which... If it's just starting, you know, you can cut those buds out so that that doesn't spread as much. Uh, you can harvest, you know, sooner than you normally would because it's it's only a matter of time and it's, it is going to spread even if you cut it out. Uh, certainly don't want to make concentrates or edibles or anything else out of moldy buds. So uh, you really have few options if your buds are turning brown. Um, you know, it's it's a tough situation. And if it's if it's worse than I'm describing, then you pretty much have to scrap everything and start over because if you have whole colas that are uh, completely brown, they are not consumable in any way, shape, or form. So and brown buds is no good. All right, moving on. If you interrupt your crop's light cycle, you are blank. You're okay if you're interrupting the light cycle. You don't want to interrupt the dark cycle. So uh, if darkness interrupts your 12 hours of light uh, and you end up only getting, let's say, 11 or 10 hours of light during flowering, okay, it's not the end of the world. Your plant uh, will most likely not notice and very likely will adjust quickly. If light interrupts the 12 hours of darkness, now the plant is confused and now you're going to see problems. It's going to uh, act confused, which means it's either going to revert back into a vegetative stage uh, start growing weird, you know, hermy sort of, uh, you know, mutation kind of things that come out when a plant gets uh, freaked out like that. So uh, interrupting the dark, no bueno. Interrupting the light, not so bad. Okay, and our last one for fill in the blank. A nitrogen deficiency usually reveals itself with blank leaves. Yellowing leaves. And, uh, yeah, you'll see fan leaves begin to start to go yellow and your your other leaves will also start to yellow. Uh, it could also be a sign of pH imbalance. I mean, if you're feeding your plants proper nutritional uh, regimen in your nutrient solution, you should not see yellowing. So if you are doing that and you see yellowing, you certainly should also investigate uh, the pH of the water going in and the water coming out of your plants. Uh, if it's severely low or high, you have to adjust it immediately. Uh, that can cause nutrient lockup, in which case the nutrients are there in the soil, but they're just not being taken in by the plant because of the pH of that soil or water. So uh, if if they're going yellow and your pH is normal, then that's most likely a, a nitrogen deficiency, and you should just uh, green them up a little bit before you you know send them into flower or anything else with a nitrogen-heavy nutrient. 
Okay, so that was fill in the blank. I enjoyed that. I hope you guys enjoyed that too. And now it's time to move on to my favorite part of the show, Dan's favorite part of the show, I believe. Uh, listener questions answered by Danny Danko. And if you have a grow question that you would like Dan to answer on Freeweed, get us at uh, freeweed at hightimes.com or on Twitter at Danny Danko at Mike Hughes underscore always with the hashtag Freeweed. Let's get it started. Yes. We also have a Facebook page. Like the Facebook page and you can send questions there. I think uh, next time we do Q&A, we'll take some questions from there because we've kind of been neglecting that page a we little. Have, and yeah. now we're back to uh, to sprucing it up so yeah there's just out. so many ways to get a hold of us you really have no excuse to not <laughs> yeah. get your question answered so i have a google plus account too oh if anybody gosh. cares and instagram wow all right well then i guess you can instagram your photos of questions and dan can then <laughs> interpret them on that might be fun like a pictionary type situation sure okay uh first question comes from justin and he writes is it okay to use a clone uh, is it okay to use a clone as a mother or should you always use the original plant that was grown from seed as the mother? What do you think? Uh, it's a tough question. I mean, if the plant is healthy, the mother plant and the clone are healthy, it's not It's not horrible uh, to take a clone of your plant and, and then grow that out, veg that out as your mother plant. Ideally, your mother plant should be grown from seed and also from regular seed, not feminized, not obviously not auto-flowering, but regular seeds where they can pop out and they could be male or female. Now, the key, I've mentioned this before, but the key is to not flower the seedling. Take a clone from each seedling and flower the clone. Root it first and then flower it. And that clone will tell you what that original seedling is without you having to veg- uh, to flower the seedling at all. So some people will take a seedling and they'll flower it. They'll put it into flowering and then as soon as they see, you know, female or male flowers, they'll revert it back into the vegetative stage. Now, that's not something that I recommend because it's going to confuse the plant and uh, it's just unnecessary. You can root a clone from the plant. If you're not that great at rooting clones, take two or three clones of the plant, uh, root them. The corresponding clones are going to tell you everything you need to know about the vegging plant without you having to flower it. Now you have this vegging plant that's never flowered. You can take cuttings of it at will. You know they're female and you know how they're going to grow out. And then if they work out great on that first harvest, you can turn back to that mother plant and continue taking cuttings from it at will. It's grown from seed. It's got hybrid vigor. The clones are going to root more easily and everything else. Now, if that mother plant is so old and spent that the clones coming off it are, uh, you know, not something you want to work with, then sure, you can take one, uh, root it, um, grow it out, you know, obviously just vegging it out and take clones from that. And you will get uh, very, you know, you'll get great genetics from that as well. But ideally, mother plants should be grown from seed. All right. Well, hopefully that helps you out there, Justin. And let's go to Twitter for our next question. At Marksman186 writes, uh, where'd it go? Here we go. Uh, what the fuck? But that fuck is with a PH. <laughs> I own a pen, a prong style meter, and the drops, and none of them are reading PH correctly. Please help, Freeweed. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, it seems like maybe that's a calibration issue, in which case... Um, you should get calibrating solution. They they sell it at the hydro shop. They have one that's 7.0, uh, one that's you know I think uh, 14 or 10 or something, and one that's like three or four. You get that, and you can 
basically, if you have the meters, you can set the meters to the proper pH by using them in those solutions. Uh, you have to make sure you maintain your pH meters very well. You should be calibrating them on a regular basis. I would say, you know, once a month, once every two months uh, at the latest. Uh, that's the way you're going to know for sure your, your pH is dialed in. And, you know, a lot of people discount pH and they're like, oh, I don't test for that. I don't, you know, that's when you arise with nutrient uptake problems. And then they send me pictures. They're like, what's wrong with this plant? You know, is this a deficiency? Is it this? Is it that? And it's almost never a deficiency in that case. It's some, almost always a nutrient uptake issue due to pH. So uh, calibration is important. Um, as far as the drops go, they should be working. So that's a strange one. Um, you might want to look into basically getting yourself a better meter and making sure that it's well calibrated at all times and you maintain uh, the health of it. You know, whatever they say on the package as far as, uh, you know, how long you go without uh, replacing it or uh, doing the calibration, please uh, follow their instructions. And, you know, that's an equipment that it's important to maintain properly. All right. Sounds good. So definitely pay attention to that pH. We hope that helps. And this next question comes from Keith Allen Cush III, which I like because it implies that there were two Keith Allen Cushes before him, <laughs> which I kind of doubt. Uh, Keith writes, uh, my question is not pot related, but where can I get clothes like Soma? I love his clothes. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a probably a well uh, hidden secret, I think, of I'll have to ask him when I get over to Amsterdam. I'll say this. He dresses comfortably. He very, comfortably very comfortably. And I'm pretty sure the fabrics are natural, uh, you know, natural dyes, natural fabrics and mm -hmm. all of that. So I would say, you know, go to the hemp shop. Go to the, uh, uh, the yoga organic, kind of thing, maybe? Uh, organic cotton yeah. yoga kind of places. Crystal they have store. this sort of stuff that uh, Soma would be wearing. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Keith. And uh, all right, so we're almost out of time here. Let's go to the speed round. We got two more questions to go. So another question for Dan. This is our old buddy Mac in Scotland. He writes, uh, okay, my grow space is basically a spare room. It's eight by 12 feet. I have one 600 watt HID that is down at one end of the room along with all the equipment like the fans and the carbon filter. So the other end of the room is completely empty. Would the light be used more efficiently by placing some sort of partition about half or three quarters of the way down the room to, to create two smaller rooms so the light doesn't have to cover as much space? I know this might be beneficial if I wanted to create a perpetual grow room with a veg room and a flower room as long as there was no light leak, uh, but I'm more interested in light efficiency at the moment. So what, what do you think? He has one light. Should he divide this room up to get better efficiency from this one light? No. If you want to divide the room, you're going to have to add another light, um, basically. Now, if you want to use a partition to get more efficiency from your one light, you can use uh, a flat white sort of uh, material that you can put in there that will help reflect the 600 you already have back to the plants that are in that side of the room. But if you put a partition and the light doesn't shine past that partition, it's not going to be able to grow any plants beyond that wall. So if you are going to add a partition and you want to do the perpetual sort of thing, you are going to have to add a light. It doesn't have to be a 600. You can put a 400 over there. You could even get away with a 250 if it's a smaller space. You could put a 1,000 if you want to make it a bigger space. But you, you certainly uh, would not want to divide a space with using one, one light. So... Um, either add light or use a partition to, 
to bring light closer to the plants you already have growing. All right. Thank you, Mac. Keep us posted on that. And last question comes from at Smoke Will at my cues at Danny Danko. If and when cannabis is legalized nationally, which states would be the largest producers? Also, would outdoor be a big part of that? Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, You know, the obvious comes to mind, California, already a huge producer of our foods and our weed. Uh, So, yeah, California comes to mind. Uh, Outdoor, I think, you know, I think obviously there's always going to be a market for outdoor and outdoor is uh, very cheap to produce. Although you are at the mercy of the elements, I think the ideal uh, you know, future way to lower the cost per gram while getting the best of outdoor and indoor is the greenhouse. And obviously that's a greenhouse with uh, very high technology as far as keeping the uh, climate inside the proper humidity, proper temperature and supplemental lighting because you're not going to always get enough light from the sun. And you're going to also want to be able to cover it if you're getting too much sun and you're trying to do light deprivation practices for flowering. So uh, a sophisticated greenhouse a- uh, type of application is where I see the future of, uh, you know, mass-produced marijuana. Uh, outdoor, you know, you get the rain, you get the bugs, you get the wind, you, you, you know, you're suffering from the elements. Uh, indoors alone, you're paying exorbitant prices for electricity and, uh, you know, not just the lighting, but also the, uh, you know, the air conditioning, the HVAC systems and things like that. I mean, it's just a tremendous amount of electric costs. So I think the best of both worlds is a greenhouse where you're taking advantage of the sunshine that you've got when you've got it. You're able to control the environment the way you would with an indoor garden. um, But you're getting basically, like I said, the best of both worlds. And you're able to bring in fresh air. You're able to supplement with CO2 and all those things we love to, to do to increase our yields. Right. But so to answer your question, California and Colorado, probably. All right. California, so Colorado. Uh, of course. I mean, other <laughs> other places, you know, like, you know, where they're producing, you know, corn and, and, and all of that, soybeans, those are all potential places for that. But yeah, Colorado and California in particular. Thank you all so much for your questions. If you want to get in touch with us, it's freeweed at hightimes.com on Twitter at Danny Denko at Mike Hughes underscore hashtag freeweed. And speaking of weed. How do you get seeds? What's a, People are asking me this all the time. What's a reputable place to buy seeds? Well, I get it too. I get that as uh, one of my number one questions people ask. And I say, you know, you got to do some research. You got to find companies that have been around. And most of those companies will not ship to the U.S. You need to find a retailer, a you know, someone who buys the seeds from the seed banks and then sends them uh, around the world. And one of the finest is Gorilla Seed Bank. They are Gorilla, G-O-R-I-L-L-A, dash cannabis, dash seeds, dot C-O, dot U-K. Uh, they have a bunch of different seed banks who they, uh, who they represent and they sell. A uh, bunch of different stuff. There's regular seeds, of course. There's feminized. There's autoflowering. Uh, you can sort them by indica and sativa. You can sort them by all kinds of different uh, categories. These guys, they give out a ton of uh, freebies as well if you mention free weed they have a deal where they're going to put some extra seeds in there for you uh you can call them as well uh internationally it's 0044208720723 24 7 local call rates apply so check them out gorilla seed bank 
gorilla-cannabis-seeds.co.uk. We're happy to have him back as a sponsor, and we are excited because if you have the grow box and you have the seeds, you have everything you need to produce weed pot for pennies. So uh, show them your support. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and all those other places, and uh, give them a ring. Find out what they offer and get some seeds and get growing. Yes, thank you, Gorilla Seeds. And now let's wrap things up with Raw. We went a little long today, Danko, but we always wrap things up with Raw here. Yes, we do. That's uh, that's how I like to wrap it up. Yeah, and you guys, thank you for sending in so many uh, guesses to the top countries that listen to free weed. We, oh, yeah. got, we got like a handful. We got a decent amount. Awesome. Some common misconceptions. A lot of people thought the Netherlands, that's close, but they were number 12. Uh, Mexico was widely thought to be one of the top countries, but not even close. And a couple of people, because you are, of course, Russian, thought <laughs> that maybe you had some some love from the motherland. Not so much, uh, but very close. Russia comes in as the 11th country. Okay. So our winner, who got seven of the top 10 countries, is David Harris. And uh, we are going to send him what? What would you like to send, David? How about a 2014 High Times calendar? Sounds good. So, David, please get in touch with us, either freeweededhightimes.com or go check out Twitter and find uh, Dan, get him your address, and uh, we will get you that calendar. So here are the top ten countries without further ado, as Dan would say. U.S. is number one, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, interestingly Germany, then Sweden, Brazil, France, Denmark, and finally Switzerland. And I've said it a hundred times Danko is very popular in Switzerland. <laughs> well, shouts to all the people all over. We are so amazed when we go over the uh, statistics and we see all the different places where people listen to the show. We have such a huge reach. It's pretty incredible. Um, and if you're interested in High Times Magazine and you're in those countries and it's tough for you to get the print edition, I really suggest you check out Zinio.com, Z-I-N-I-O.com, where you can uh you can subscribe to the digital version. You can buy individual issues, and uh, you can basically flip through the magazine on your tablet, on your f- smartphone, and uh, on your computer. So definitely check out Zinio.com for your High Times digital versions. Absolutely. You got anything else? Uh, I'll see you guys in Amsterdam, and uh, we will see you next week. Sounds good. All right. Episode 47, put it in the books. Take it away, shotgun wind strong.